Get to the church, blind! Get to the church, blind! Go! Now! I'm Pete Mitchell, and he's Peyton Jones, and you're listening to Hardcore Church Planning, the companion podcast for the Church Planner Podcast and Church Planner Magazine. Each week, we'll bring you interviews from planners who are in the trenches making it happen right now. These active church planners bear it all, share their successes, their failures, and what they'd wish they'd known when they were first starting out. Listen in to discover how God is working in their church plan. Hey, church planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. Here for Hardcore Church Planting. And uh, we've got a great guest, so Peyton, why don't you introduce our guest? Our guest today is Paul Sassis, and he is, uh, I would like to say he's the godfather of uh, college campus church planning. Um, he's got yeah. his boys out there. They're doing it. And uh, anyways, mm-hmm. he is also the pastor of Be The Message Church, a church planting church. And uh, yeah. anyways, I would like to say that Paul is a church planting ninja. He is a serial <laughs> church planter like myself. And he trains guys to plant churches out. Paul, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you for having me. What an honor. Uh, our pleasure. Hey, Paul, one of the uh, the first questions we always like to start out with is, um, if you could share with everyone your story of how you came to faith. Okay, it's a very um, interesting story because no one really invited me to go to church. Um, I grew up in the Philippines. I'm a Filipino. And uh, growing up in the Philippines, where I think the only religion I know is Catholic, mm. uh, Catholicism. And uh, 2002, um, I moved here in the uh, United States. And um, that's the time when I feel like I, I was searching God, but I'm, I, I didn't know I was searching for the Lord. And I, me, my family and I just walked into a church. Um, no one invited us. We just walked in. And that's the first time I heard the gospel first ever. Um, and at the same day, I surrendered my life to Christ, and everything is history. So that's my first uh, my first um, expression or first encounter with Christianity. So when I, when I heard about when I heard about Christ and the, the meaning of the cross, and I was like, man, I never heard that in the Philippines, you know? All in is Catholic, but I never thought that you could have a relationship with God. Interesting. Interesting. So that's, yeah, that's, and, you know, I... I pursue uh, um, the Lord, and the Lord pursue me, and then develop a really strong relationship with the Lord. Great. How did you get from there into planting churches? Well, um, first of all, um, I was when I was when I got saved, I was really amazed at the gospel um, because in my old faith, I was teaching, or the, the teaching that they have is that you need to prove yourself to be closer to God or to have a relationship with God or fellowship with God. But the gospel tells me that I could have a relationship with God because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. So I was really amazed at that. So I started telling people about it. And the more I kind of like sharing the gospel, and I don't even know I was making disciples. I was just, you know, <laughs> telling people what, what everything I learned on, on, on a Sunday basis, telling it to my friends. And I realized that when you make disciples, it fuels church planting, is that when you make disciples, church will be born, you like it or not. So that's kind of like the story behind it. When you focus on discipleship, is that people will be gathered in different places, and and Lord willing, it became a local church. Hmm. 
Wow, that that sounds kind of New Testament, there, Paul. Oh, yeah, praise God. Yeah. Hey, you're aptly named. <laughs> well, and I like that. So, uh, tell us a little bit. Um, how do you uh, disciple these guys? What does that look like for you? Okay. Well, I what I do is I teach them first, mainly the core, which is the gospel, and about the doctrine about Christ, um, and then those main doctrines about baptism, fellowship, about giving. Lord Topper, um, all the gifts. I mentioned those, those basic things that Christian a believer needs to know. And then we go in deeper with the Word of God. So what, what I do is that it's so simple. We just gather in different places. We go to Starbucks. I meet with them in Panera. I meet with them after school. Um, somewhere else where we could discuss and open God's Word and fellowship with one, with one another. So simply just leading the life together as, um, you know, without any restrictions when it comes to like you're going to do this and do that and just really living life together learning together and most especially engaging is that our goal is really whatever we have learned we'll be able to be that light to our friends and family and tell people about it um, share what we have learned so pretty much that's our encouragement every week you know come together and after we have learned we go out there and do, do exactly what the Lord calls to do to make disciples um, I mean uh, what, what, what we always say is that we make church simple, you know, it's simple. Well, that that's what I like is that, mm. you know, it's not a formula. It's not a silver bullet. You know, so many that's guys right. are waiting for someone else to show them what the Bible's already showed them. It, it's that's all right. in there. And everybody's looking for some kind of method or plan or whatever. What I love about what you do is, and, and I, I'd like you to kind of go into the history of it just slightly a little bit more because uh, I think some of our, our listeners, you know, obviously they won't know you. I mean, you're known with it. You and I serve on the uh, L.A. Uh, strategy board for uh, yeah. for NAM together. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to hear your stories and, you know, hear, heard some of the legend of Paul Sasses. But for our <laughs> listeners, you know, they, they don't know uh, that, that this is really a movement. I mean, this is something that started very grassroots. You've got high school students that. Yeah. Are, are helping launching churches. You've got Amen. college students. This is a movement of young people that are church planning. How many churches have you guys planted in how many years? Um, for since we started in 2011, we planted four churches. So uh, be the message right now is going four years this coming September, and by that time we are we planted four more churches, uh, one international in the Philippines. And right now we're working with two more cities in West Covina and in Long Beach. So, um, yeah, the, 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 the home church, which is the main one in Fontana, it was planted by high school students. Um, it was um, mainly high school students who were desiring God in their lives and start sharing and ministering to their parents. And after... A year or so, I mean, just a year or less than a year, discipling these uh, these students, they were able to minister to their parents, and the parents are calling me and asking me, "What about them?" You know, <laughs> well, and I start having Bible study with the parents, and that leads to the first church plant, and we call it "Be the Message." And "Be the Message" planted um, uh, extend College, which is in Calcet San Bernardino, and and also in "Be the Message" Bellflower. And one international in Be the Message Philippines. 
That's um, that's interesting. Now, when when you train students to plant churches, I mean, you're taking high schoolers, college age students. You know, I, I I think about high schoolers planting a church. I mean, we're talking about like <laughs> one of the most unreliable segments of our population, and you're you're getting them to plant churches, which is awesome and at the same time incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think uh, it, it's fair to say that uh, most churches will hold young people back, or they're not utilizing the, the young people uh, to their full potential? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I came from a church where I felt like the young the young generation was secondary, and you know that they can do stuff. Well, I I used I I got like that kind of mentality before, but I think God God rebuked me and corrected me that he, he can use the donkey or anyone else if he desires to. Huh. So when I look at this young guy, when I share the gospel, I see the passion, their love for God, and they got it. They understood it, the sensitivity of the church and and the calling of being being a disciple of Christ. And I was surprised, I even myself surprised, that God was really put building a church out of this young guy. And I was not, that's why when people ask me, how did you start being a man, how, how did it happen? And I was like, I didn't even know just this young guy who loved the Lord. And to be honest, I don't want to start a new church because back then I was pastoring another church. But God put this thing together and he used this younger generation. He empowers them to really to their lifestyle, to their testimony. And there's nothing more on a greater explanation, just that really the witness of this young guy and really Christ is really in their lives. Even the parents testified about that. They see the change, they see their passion. And the parents cause them to join, be part of this movement that God is doing to this young generation. Even the principal in that high school that we, when we do the church, they agreed that, man, that's something different with the students, you know? So when we started the church, I was, I was, I was really scared. I was really scared. I was like, I don't know what I'm getting into. Um, all, <laughs> all the people that, that in my church are young guys. To be honest, our first offering was $38. How much? Thirty dollars. I was like, man, that's that's cool, you know, because <laughs> we're ministering to the high school students. But what's really cool about this is the growth. I I can't remember a Sunday that these young guys, the teenagers, invited. And they re- all constantly invited their friends, bring them to the fellowship, bring them to Bible study, and encourage them to be part of a local church. Wow, that's amazing, man. So, um. How how do you? Some of them start on college uh, campuses. What was that like? And 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 how did that differ starting on a college campus than an average church plant? Well, it, it's really a um, again the, church, the we call it Saint College Church. Um, the church Saint College Church again. It's almost the same. The story of being a message church in Fontana, which is it was not it was unplanned. What I did is that the first core or the first uh i mean the pioneering some of the pioneering students of the data message Montana they moved to college and so i, I started a college bible study uh, we, we we met in in a panera we love panera you know we we gather right there we meet we meet uh we i meet with these five guys and they just multiplication to the point that when we were talking about we're studying uh multiply by francis chan mm. That's the book that we went through. And then um, after that, this 
the young guys were like, Pastor, what, what are we doing here in Panera? Why, why should, should we go somewhere where students are? And I was like, hmm, okay. I was like, what do you guys want to do? He said, let's start a church there. <laughs> I was like, man, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Okay, we, we visited the campus. We pray over the campus. And again, it just you see the hands of God moving, calling the, the, the students, you know, and even God putting favor in the hearts of the faculty. The faculty gave us a place when we can have a church. That is not normal. No. They gave and, us a place when we can get a church. And then um, this one guy, uh, I was throwing this one guy, um, his name is Jeff, and he's going to be kind of like an intern pastor in Portland College. So he was part part of the of the group so um yeah it's just like until now the Penn college church a year now and you see students of getting saved and some of them are serving now uh probably part of the church right right that's that's pete's dog you're getting him excited um he's very excited <laughs> about what you have to say um, but what what I love about this is that you you know you've mentioned that it's it's kind of a groundswell like it's not it's not. It's been unplanned. It's been accidental, which is often how the Holy Spirit works, right? Um, and yeah. I think that's important when we're talking about launching church plants. That um, so much attention, so much time, and so much detail is giving towards your planning. And Dwight Eisenhower used to say uh, regarding, you know, uh, of course, he launched the largest amphibian uh, land assault in the history of the world, D-Day. Uh, but he used to say that before the battle, planning is everything. But once a shooting right. starts, planning is nothing. Mm-hmm. And and so many guys aren't leaving room for the Holy Spirit to work in this. And what I love is you're talking about the fact, A, it was unplanned, but, but more yeah. B, because it came from these students. And when I sat down with you last time we were in Burbank together, mm-hmm. I remember you just telling stories about what these guys are doing, that you're often kind of, you're finding out. You're just seeing that they've moved somewhere. Like the guys who moved to Long Beach, they're already there. And they're like, hey, pastor, yeah, we're yeah, at church in yeah. Long Beach. They're taking yeah. this ownership and initiative. H- how are you seeing that happen? What do you think is the key to that, to seeing people take it and run with it? What we did one time, I think it started when the church, the church and I were just looking at the book of Acts. And I, I mentioned, even with the leaders, I said, do you often feel like sometimes that when you read the story of the early church, do you feel like alienated from them? You know, it feels like it's not the same. And also, I think that's a problem, isn't it? <laughs> and I was like, the movement that God started should be the same movement today. So we kind of like help, help myself and even the church understand. It's like it, it's the calling of the whole church to really make disciples and out of that, make that being really surrendered to the Lord, whatever He will, to the point that He calls you to church plant and go ahead. We gave you so much freedom, we empowered them, but not just to let them go. There's a really a guidance, uh, and also an, uh, they go through a process being trained and those kind of stuff. But we do it kind of like in a better, simplest way. It's like again, living life together. So when they when they felt like being called to to church plant, even the college or a family, um, we, we we sat down, we pray about it. But you see, they're, they're to the point of being radical. Like, we're not just going to pray, Pastor. We're not just going to do this. We're going to show show it. Like, we're willing to, to do exact, exact whatever it takes to what to fulfill whatever God put in our hearts. So it's very scary sometimes to see these people do do that, you know, because I was like, man, I, 
I, it's, it's happened before our eyes what, when, when you see in the book of Acts, sell or possession. Well, I have a family right now who downgraded our house. I mean, they, 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 they sold everything so they could move in a smaller house so they could go in a mission. Wow. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, I was like, I, I went to their house and I see all, all the stuff that they're selling. And I can, I can just, I can just, I mean, just thank God and sometimes weep, you know, I was like, man. I can't imagine what God has done to these people. It really touched their hearts. What would you say has been um, some of the the hardest things about uh, you know doing the church plants that you're doing, and and I don't know if it's working with the uh, the, the people you work with or just uh, you yeah. Know, what have been some of the biggest challenges in doing what you're doing? Well, the biggest challenges is that you don't know what can happen next. Um, you just gotta be obedient, especially with the people. Um, it just it's church planting is always risking everything. Um, you risk everything, you know. You trust that God, you know, that He's sovereign and He's going to do what is best for the church. And I heard God source church planting and those kind of stuff. In our part, a lot of things, a lot of unexpected things happen, unplanned, and some of them are good. Some are then cause us a lot of pain. Um, but at the end, it's, you you'll see that. You know, if it is the will of God, it's, it's going to take place. We just, you just be obedient, be stick to what the Lord wants you to do. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of the hardest parts. Yeah, you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, you, you plan, but the Lord will move His hand, and everything changes tomorrow. I like it, and and I like the fact that you started working with youth. I think even in church planning, youth become secondary. Um, where the same thing that an established church does, which is marginalizes them and pushes them to the back, a church plant could be equally guilty. You know, hey, let the adults do this, kids. Um, stand back yeah. and we'll, we'll show you how it's done. And yet Jesus and Paul targeted youth. I just think that there's something in the New Testament. I mean, those 12 guys were very young. And, and Paul obviously is dragging young guys around all, all across Asia Minor. What mm-hmm. um what would you say is the key? I mean, you've hinted it on it on it on it already, but you know, working with youth, what what I guess I'm asking, what is the key to working with youth? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, for the youth, you know, it's like the tendency sometimes that we put them inside the box and put the limitation with the youth. One thing I've discovered right now, especially in our generation, generation of youth right now, I mean, they are searching, they are seeking, and then when they figure out something that's true and satisfied, they become passionate about it. So when they learn about Christ and fall in love to the Lord, um, they became passionate about it. And you give them freedom, freedom to, you know, uh, to lead and freedom to kind of like even visualize, vision those things that God wants them to do. I mean, I became kind of like a, an advisor in the back where I let them do the ministry and I'm just watching them from a distance. And there's some things that you correct. There's some things that you teach them, but you hands-on ministry, that's how they, they learn and exposure to ministry is how they learn. So again, when, when they said the church was unplanned because I was not really planning for to start church, but it, it was the young guys who kind of like, yeah, asked me, pastor, when are we going to have fellowship on a Sunday or... Uh, where we're going to have a service of our own and those kind of stuff, you know. And I let them be, and and, and I said, God, I want you to speak to the student, and 
if it is your will, then you're going to use them, you know. And then God did exactly what, what I prayed for. And God used the young, younger guys and some other churches, you know. I mean, the younger generation is the future of the next church or the future of the church, you know. And that's what has going to be the message. I mean, the church plant in St. College, um, it came from the from our youth. They're after they fin- after we went to college. I mean, in our church, in Be the Message, when you reach college um, age, you are considered a church planter. Hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of like the calling we have. When you reach that, you you're gonna be trained as a church planter. So when you have your family, or you have a career one day, if you send to a different state, a different city, we hope and pray that God will use you to start a church. It may not be in Be the Message, but at least you're able to have the training ground that you know that you are a church planter, that you can do it. Well, I, I got to figure that doing the kind of church planning that you guys are doing and, um, you know, kind of that, that frontline accidental church planning, you got to have some good mm. stories. Tell us some yeah. of the things that you've seen, some of the things that are, that are exciting to, to witness and, uh, and be a part of. When it comes to tell you one more time. What are some of the uh, the stories that you've seen and things that that you've been witness to that you know, um, that are just you know uh, the good stories of church planning? You know, share with us some of those. Well, the, I think the very good part of a church plan is that when you see people getting saved and, and baptized, and being and and these people that you have trained and became leaders of the church. I give you an example. You know, we started Ben College last year, and. Um, first semester and last last couple I think last month when when we're doing outreach, you know, I realized that the people who were serving and leading were the were the students who got saved in the first semester. Hmm. And now in this semester they're the one leading. They're the one serving. And I, it didn't dawn on me until after the outreach. And I was like, man, and I was like, these are the guys that we were ministering in the when we started. Now they're the one leading. You know, and that, that's that's one of the best and awesome. I mean, that's priceless. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, it's just crazy. I was like, it, it, I think it make it, it it puts joy in your heart and excitement. It's like, man, see this, this is this is what I'm talking about, right? This is exactly why we make disciples. This is exactly why we share the gospel to see the people being the hands and feet of Christ from you know from the old life, and you see them being transformed and now being used by God. So I think that's church awesome. planting is the most exciting ministry there is because you see miracles left and left and right you know the people being changed and the greatest miracle there is what are, what are some of the the most outstanding stories you have about people getting saved what are some that just stand out in your mind where you're like i remember this one time this happened well one time that um really uh i think during baptism one one of the kids getting baptized so I think the first first time that the parents disagreed because they were raised Catholic, so the the parents said we don't want our kids to be baptized, but the kid wanted to be baptized. So what happened? The parents called me and explained to them baptism. So I mean, trying to convince, okay, I let my kids be baptized, and they went forward. And the cool thing about it, they went on the they joined the day of baptism before the, their their daughter was getting baptized. She shared her testimony. And when he shared the testimony, uh, she shared the gospel, and she was baptized. And you can see the parents just weeping at the back. And they came, they came, they came to me and said, "Pastor, we want to follow Jesus." <laughs> they said, "We just want to follow Christ." I mean, I was like, "That that, that God uses that moment to speak wow. to 
to her parents and her parents got saved at that at that day and 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 the next next batch of baptism we baptized her parents her parents you know i think you raise a really good point and and for church planners out there this is something that you need to realize for all of the you know, kind of uh, sound and fury that goes into evangelistic outreaches and campaigns. Again, the Bible has the best one that you can ever do. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more powerful than a baptism. Um, Amen. I don't. I don't care if you hire the hottest, you know, Christian band out there, the funniest comedian, whatever stuff people do nowadays. The reality mm-hmm. is, we we were just talking. We had a vision meeting on Sunday. And we had a room yeah. full of people, you know, some been saved for years, others newly saved. And the newly saved people are like, when are we having another baptism? Because yeah. they had been <laughs> baptized. And, yeah. you know, one of the guys sitting there, two of them spoke up and said, we weren't even sure we were going to follow Jesus. We just, someone said to us, hey, baptism today, we decided to go along. And uh, yeah. in both cases, somebody said, hey, you need to get baptized today. That's and they're right. walking yeah. strong with the Lord. And 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 I've seen that. I'm always prepared for when I baptize. I know those that are going to get baptized, but I also know there's going to be other people jumping into the water too because it is such a powerful picture of salvation. You've got your Amen. testimonies. You've got all that stuff ripping, and it is so stinking powerful. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think people yeah, are we, missing we, out yeah. on one of the key evangelistic opportunities that God gave to us. Amen. In our baptism, you know, we kind of like, you know, um, we, we we want to make sure that the hearts of a person that going to be baptized is right. So we, you know, we we I talk to them, I I I I sit down with them, you know, make sure that they know basically what they believe about about Christ, the doctrine about Jesus, who is Jesus to them, the salvation by by grace and those kind of stuff. And the second aspect is that before I baptize them, we 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 all we ask this question to all people going to be baptized. And this is kind of like where everyone draws the line. We ask a question: Is that are you willing to die for Jesus? And that's a question that they contemplate for for a week, for two weeks. We ask a question before we baptize you: Are you willing to die for Jesus? I mean, wow. literally, death. And then, so when when we baptize them, they know what they're getting into. That's mm-hmm. awesome. What, so when, what are, give me give me your your list of questions. What what else do you ask? If you were to run so we down the list about, of questions. Yeah, about, first we asked about the gospel. They really understand the gospel. And sometimes I ask them to, kind of, can you tell me about the gospel? You know, and then they said to me, and they tell me about main doctrines. So we have about Jesus Christ being God, 100% man, 100% God, the sacrifice, the final, the, 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 the atonement of Christ. And those basic aspects, which is part of the gospel. And then we talk about, you know, the gifts that, that they have and, and um, the, the commitment to a lawful body. And that the last part, and that's the last part, is that, you know, when we say, after all these things that you know about Jesus, that He is God, He is the Lord, now are you willing to die for Him? And that's, that concludes everything, you know? Do you really believe that? That He's worth of your life? And then if He is, then I'm going to baptize you. If not, then maybe you need to think about it, you know? So, wow. baptism to us, very, very special. That, that's why when we baptize people, you see like tears because we were, even during the baptism, we remind them. I, I share a devotion, and this is, I, I told this exactly what the baptism in the early church. Yeah. You know, they were baptized in front of their enemies, and we yeah. need to take same heart, you know? So when you go yeah. baptized, it's no joke. You know, you're making this profession, you know? So you confess that before your family and friends that, hey, 
I'm I'm not gonna back down. I'm gonna die for this or for Jesus for the gospel. So, yeah, that's powerful. Absolutely powerful. Well, we have a question we always like to ask our guests before we uh, send them away. And uh, Pete? Well, yeah, we probably should have warned Paul about this question because, uh, you know, after all this talk about baptism, now now you're making me ask the million-dollar question. <laughs> <Ask> always... <it>. <laughs> so, so, Paul, here's the question. It's a, it, You might need to take a second to think about it. I don't know. It De- okay. depends on how quick the answer comes to you. Sure. But since... You know Don Overstreet, which is you know who we know as well. He's uh, uh, you know a great mentor, has helped, uh, has had a hand in over five hundred church plants. Incredible guy. Yeah. Um, if you and Don Overstreet were to get into a physical fist fight, who would win? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's a hard question. <laughs> mm. Oh my gosh. Well, Don Overstreet, I think he will win. <laughs> mm. Well, Don Overstreet, you know, uh, when he, he he will he will win the fight with all the experience that he has. Yeah, you know, he's a giant of the church planters. Well, and, and Peyton was uh, talking before the call. He goes, you know, Don Overstreet, three-time uh, cancer survivor. He's radioactive. Of course, he'll yeah, win. He yeah, he can't be killed. Yeah. You can't down the man. And 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 I'm thinking. You know, there's not that. You know, the size. He's he's a lot bigger than you, Paul. I mean, you're you're a little Filipino guy, but you're yeah. you're you're scrappy and kind of fast. So you know, and you might know some like form of like Filipino kickboxing. So I put oh, that yeah. in the corner. But my money's <laughs> probably on Don because I yeah. think I think he is the the church planning terminator. He don't give up, man. That yeah. that that I think that's the he, he just he's a fighter. You could he, you could burn even, his flesh away. Still go. Yeah, you could burn Don's flesh away, and he'd have like a metal endoskeleton with red That's laser right. eyes, and he'd come <laughs> after you. That's what I'm thinking. That's right. <laughs> right on. Well, hey, this has been hardcore church planning, starting off with uh, Pete and Peyton getting pretty serious and then getting absolutely stupid at the end, as is our custom. We thank you for joining <laughs> us today. Uh, Paul, if they want to get in touch with... What's that? Thank you very much. Hey, great having you. If they want to get in touch with you, Paul, where can they find you? you, We have our website at bethemessagenow.com, and we had also for Send College, sendcollege.org. All right. Well, this has been... This has been Hardcore Church Planning, and Arnold's going to send us out. Remember, if you are called to church planting, go hardcore or go home. You've been listening to Hardcore Church Planning. Hardcore Church Planning has been brought to you by the Church Planner Podcast and the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the App Store for both Apple and Android devices. If you like this episode, leave us a positive review. If you didn't like this episode, we'll be happy to give you your money back.